riff with? What are we opening the riff with? Are we talking about your your brand new cell phone. <laughs> your Huawei. Well, I wanted to say how Old Town Road. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is it your new ringtone? <laughs> no, our podcast is like the Old Town Road of podcasts. Uh huh. Uh, elaborate. I don't well, because it. how country and rap are taught to hate each other, but are the same. <laughs> We're anarchists and communists brought together. Yeah. Learning to love each other uh-huh. for the people. And we're gonna top the billboard charts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. I can I can buy that. A dibs rap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was wondering which one is which. Um I I kinda kinda I, I kinda wanted to be rap, but you know. <laughs> No, communism is definitely country music. <laughs> it's way too established. Anarchism um, isn't what? No, anarchism is like cool. <laughs> that's, that's my central yeah, okay. thesis. Deal with it. Yeah, I don't buy it. Uh, communism is drill. Ah, yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've been we've been engaging with a lot of. I've been I've been a big di- been a big YouTube hole of Irish rap music and, and Americans Americans reacting to reacting it. american rap fans reacting to irish rap that was particularly good because irish rap ranges between like very good serious stuff done by like our um by our black and immigrant populations that's really cool and really good shit and then there's this like jokey stuff everyone can get like the rubber bandits and then jokey stuff no one but a few irish people will get like versatile so like the video that you just showed us yeah 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 i was genuinely confused seven, <laughs> seven and a half minutes I seven and a half minutes that was a that was an ireland tourism video where they tell you what a normal day in ireland is like you do a bunch pretty of much drugs, actually yeah. and then you go hike up a hill in the snow i mean to be fair like i um i don't want to go to ireland now so. <laughs> you don't want to sit down in eddie rockets an american style diner and have someone shout cunt at you no i'm good and i don't want to just end up in someone's apartment uh doing cash doing ketamine <laughs> having some guy speak at me for like eight hours on end yeah, yeah, yeah about how his brothers are in the ira yeah no that's I'm not about that yo my fucking cousin he was in the ira yo he could have made it though. <laughs> <laughs> no shit my cousin killed like Ten British soldiers. He <laughs> <laughs> was he was ready to go pro. <laughs> At his last game, there was a scout there, um, <laughs> but he blew it because he <laughs> he drank twelve Guinnesses the night before. Yo, no, <laughs> yo, no, no shit, no shit. My cousin like he beat the shit out of Conor McGregor, the little pussy, yeah, before yeah. he was big. You know, <laughs> my cousin slept with Saoirse Ronan. <laughs> <laughs> you have to realize this is like this is a normal conversation in Ireland because the country's so fucking small, <laughs> like, and it's probably true. <laughs> she uh, has to have slept okay. with someone. <laughs> Remember how I said I'm not coming to Ireland? Yeah, yeah, I'm still not changed. <laughs> well, the other thing I wanted to say is how happy I am to have a new phone, mostly. Mostly because my old phone was really bad, and so any phone would would be an improvement. But I, I've also this embraced. This is a fact. It's your it, old phone was an absolute piece of shit. But now I'm uh, supporting uh, Chinese socialism, Good. so I'm happy with my new phone. So we have three fourths of the of the podcast are avid supporters of of uh, socialism with Chinese characteristics. I mean, well, 
My phone was made in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yours <laughs> is still supporting imperialist propaganda. That well, is Apple. No, uh, iPhone. Like me having an iPhone means I support Assad. Because Steve Jobs is a serious. <laughs> 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 I made right. a connection. I'm happy yeah, with it. Apple is actually a, a third worldist <laughs> company. Yeah. <laughs> oh, President Xi was actually told me he he heard the episode we did about uh, Marx, mm. and he said Kieran is getting too close to the truth, and so he sent me a free Huawei phone to spy on Kieran because oh, okay. he's like too dangerous uh, in critiquing the Chinese state. I mean, I I support his decision. <laughs> So we're triangulating Kieran's voice perfectly between my phone and yours. Yeah, and my computer. Yeah, I like this You're idea. Surrounded. Yeah, I like this idea of just like we found this dissident in the West and we must stop him. Therefore, I've sent one of his mates like a hoverboard. <laughs> 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 Rob just rolls up on a hoverboard, like, "Hey, what's up, guys? Kieran, can you speak louder into the hoverboard?" <laughs> Welcome to your corner, Spatey, uh, on this wondrous of Greek Easter's uh, Orthodox Easter. You gotta, we have to be accepting of all twenty whatever. <laughs> well, that's what the word first... Orthodox means. All there's like twenty versions of something. First hot take of the podcast: Fuck Romanians. Uh, <laughs> I'm all about <laughs> Greek Easter. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, and I'm um, welcome to the corner, Spatey. I'm Kieran. I'm here with beautiful, beautiful boys. Nick and Rob. Hi. Hello. Nick cooked us delicious food, and now we're all kind of sleepy. <laughs> yeah, it was worth it though. Uh, it was yeah. I mean, I was like, I was like podcast yeah yeah, and I like started cooking last night, and I woke up at eight o'clock in the morning to continue cooking for you guys. Can we use this as like the episode we pitch to potential guests, being like? Yeah, we'll cook some we'll amazing... Cook some yeah, we'll cook food for you. Yeah, I'll can... cook food for you. And <laughs> Rob and Kieran will come over and eat it. Yulia will come over and eat it and then fall asleep. <laughs> I was hoping she'd be on the pod today. That's fine. <laughs> no, she literally ate and then fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and we are, we are talking about a choice selection of... Oh, two things. First thing, it's election season. We've all got that... Again, Europe... again it's election again, season. It's forever, yeah. forever election season. <laughs> We've all got that election buzz, uh, mainly because of fucking bunch of posters around town. The election has come home to us here in Berlin. Yeah, so if you don't live in Berlin, maybe you don't know that it's been pretty beautiful weather for the past week or so, and so everyone's been walking around Today's outside. What's that? Today's pretty shit though. Yeah, it was yeah, a it's bullshit a today. Today. Yeah, it's a very topical you... podcast material. Fuck the. Weather. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm all right in a in a sweater though. Oh yeah, okay. Anyway, there there've been. Um, in Germany, I guess the system is similar throughout Europe, but um, seven weeks before the election, is it? Seven weeks before the election, the parties can put up their posters around town. Um, and it's a little bit of a... You hear um, Peggy Noonan or people in the U.S. talk about the lawn sign primary. Who has the most lawn sign wins? Um, yeah, That's it's not the case here. It's, it's completely different, but it you does give you a little... lawns? <laughs> it's a little bit of an insight into... Um, the politics, especially of, of your neighborhood, you can learn like, wow, I'm surrounded by FDP voters. Didn't know that. I I don't think that that's true though, because it well, really yeah, I think FDP definitely puts it in different areas. But for example, where I used to live, no, where I used to work in Hamburg, it was all CDU and FDP. That was it. There was there were no other signs. Do you live in Moabit? No, in Hamburg. Oh, okay. The Moabit. Yeah, it was a. It was I think 
yeah they were just yeah so like i'm not sure if that uh i'm not sure if that whole regionalism thing works true for the european elections because like the catchment areas are so fucking broad like that's definitely true of like a german or a german state election because they're just like we're not going to put afd posters in like well maybe they do but like neukun or something like that is that oh they're everywhere here oh, okay but like there's gotta be areas of berlin where like afd posters are just a w- fucking waste of money well the thing the afd posters are everywhere because i think the afd is one of the best financed parties in germany right as has come out recently that they Fun. got a bunch of like weird financing from this billionaire in switzerland mm. what's the guy's um, name august de fink or someone yeah, else some shit like that fucking really racist fun yeah i don't know racist fun hitlerville i think I you know. racist and i like you a yeah. lot <laughs> and so um yeah so the AFD has like different posters that they do though in different areas. So in Neukölln they have very tame ones <laughs> that are like it's just like of uh, what's his name? Is it Jörg Moisen, the guy? I don't know, some fucking dipshit old white guy. Mm. And it's just him like looking, you know, beautifully into the you know sunset and saying like you know future imagine a world or, without Muslims. <laughs> no, it's just like you know like take me to Europe or something. I don't know. Fucking. Just, <laughs> Where was he before? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. It's just these very, like, uninspired posters in Neukölln. Yeah, but then yeah, yeah. when you end up in, like, an area that isn't Neukölln, particularly not even in Berlin, their posters are fucking insane. They'll just be a picture <laughs> of a mosque. And then it says, don't let your. I think it was Rostock actually had these. Oh, good. It said, don't let Rostock become like Neukölln. <laughs> <laughs> which we're definitely campaigning in as well but you know yeah so it was like because i was wondering like why are the afd posters not that crazy this time around they're just kind of like save diesel and you know fucking s- i fucking love the save diesel platform what like what fucking like who sees save diesel and goes yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i was gonna vote cdu but save diesel <laughs> Should we go through the parties we've seen, our favorite posters? Um, I already told you my favorite. favorite it was the one that wasn't even here. So, can, can I can I bring up one? Because first of all, I don't understand any of the German on it, but it's the CDU one, which I think is meant to appeal. Like they're doing big banners for this one, like on the side of the road, not yeah. like the tiny ones they put on lampposts. But like, it's obviously to appeal to like the blue collar worker of Germany, or whatever. But it's that lad who's like bowing in front of a machine, oh, like. I think Wait, he's what? Be- I haven't seen yeah, that. Yeah, I think he's going to be like working on it or something. He's like working with or on a machine. But all from, from a distance, it's just like he's bowing like a... like the supreme overlord. Yeah. Like, I was like, what does this mean? Does this just mean like, hey, let's just give up and let the machines take over? CDU. I mean, I, I understand it as that. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm trying to think of like other weird... the. There's always just like parties that then exist that I don't realize that exist. Yeah, this is this is the fucking meat and potatoes of this topic. These fucking book wild parties that I've never heard of before. Yeah, like the uh, what is it the the UDP? Yes, the Environmental Democratic Party or whatever. It yeah, is. the Ecological Democratic. Ecological. Thank yeah. you. They, um, <laughs> they're fucking stupid. Yeah, Green Conservatism. If party. the Green Party wasn't right wing enough for you, yeah. Already. Have you considered? It's just it's weird branding because at the same time i'm like okay i get it there's a finite number of colors on the spectrum that we can take to represent our party's branding what other colors are like orange orange but if you're going to be a green party 
Would you not just take green again? Like a yeah, different shade a of different, green. Different shade, yeah. Like, this is just so confusing. I was so surprised when I had to finally fucking Google them. It was like, ecological part? Why are you... Or- what is this? <laughs> and the funniest thing on their posters is that it'll just show, like, at the bottom, like, just help us get to the threshold. For like, the they only want that, like, what is it, 5% or whatever it is? Yeah, or- yeah. Let's get those hearts going. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see some ODPs in the comments. Um... Yeah, like, I have no fucking clue. I guess they just really believed in themselves. They were like, if we get one MEP, we'll fucking blow up. We'll go viral. <laughs> All, right. All you Everyone... need is one MEP. You need one song, yeah. one tweet to blow up. You need one MEP. <laughs> one chance, one opportunity. Oh, I saw a bunch of Volt posters, by the way. Yeah, yeah Volt is everywhere. Uh, Volt's speaking of, speaking of, of, you know, you got one shot, do not miss your chance to blow. The fucking nerds the fucking are here. Volt. The fucking nerds. Can you explain Volt for the people, somebody? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've explained it before, but the most succinct way of putting it is... It started in Italy. They're trying to be like the first pan-European party, even though like DM25 is older than them, but DM25 has like a slightly different electoral strat. But the best way to summarize them is what if Macron, but everywhere. Because uh, <laughs> they ex- they popped up when the like Macron moment was happening before everyone realized he was fucking terrible. I mean, a lot of people still stand for him real hard, but I think more people have come around to the idea that he's fucking terrible. Yasha Munk, come on the pod. <laughs> Defend your man. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they have absolutely no policy positions. They had like a weird like GoFundMe where the average donation was like 200 euro. Um, yeah, they're just, they're not going to, they're not going to accomplish anything. And I'm going to laugh at them on Twitter I've started so many Twitter beefs with them. From, like, senior members of this party. He may be completely incompetent. He may be uh, uh, have a 15% approval rating. There may be a slight chance that he's killed by a guillotine within a year, but he is still my man. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes Volt wins. <laughs> no, it doesn't, Yasha. It's not going to... I'd be so fucking... I've already stated, I think, on my other podcast that I'm going to be on fucking Suicide Watch if they get a single seat. Like, I don't understand. I completely forgot that they existed until I was in Prenzlauer Berg last yeah. week. That's what I mean. Well, the neighborhoods uh, tell you what kind of signs are yeah. there. If yeah, I see a Volt I mean, sign, I'm like, I I, why that, am I here? Yeah, I think that that, that, that Gentrified case, for, for newer parties, that is like probably pretty true. And during the local German elections, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Because not low, but you know, local elections and, and national elections. Because in Neukölln comes up like all the very weird like Turkish parties that mm. will sure as hell never win a seat, but it's just like, yeah, I don't know, it's just something that then you'll only see obviously in this area, but because yeah, they're you know, campaigning in this in for the seat I, for Neukölln. I think, I think you're right that Volt is trying to play the neighborhoods game in berlin but that's probably because they're so fucking inexperienced they don't know what the fuck they're doing because you're right they're in print talking about their king won <laughs> <laughs> um, he won from a country that had one of like the lowest turnouts in their history ugh. but anyway he um vault their posters are in Prenzlauerberg, which is news to me but the area i've been seeing them in is like Properly capitalist meta, like Potsdamer Platz. True, yeah, there well, too. Hanslava yeah. Berg is just the extension of of that now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure, yes. And they're just a lovely purple color. Yeah, but I know what you mean. So, and I think in the European election in the Europawahl, um, it's not as 
there are kind of like people kind of the parties maybe branch out a little bit they get a little like frisky they're like oh let's put some signs over here and over here like it's more spread maybe out we can get some, uh, i think the fdp does that a lot they're like the fdp has them everywhere because they're, they're sort of logic geniuses who think they can convince everybody they're um like um what's it called like the campaign manager, campaign manager. Yeah. like has to be like just fucking stupid you mean you you aren't convinced by a party that all their um, ads look like sunglasses ads? No, and <laughs> they a, look really happy. They're like standing there smiling, like yeah. There's the one like first off, their color scheme is atrocious. The yellow and purple one. Y- yellow, purple, and and light blue. Yeah, and pink. Yeah. Ugh. And it's a lot going on there. There's um. Also, you could be describing what I'm wearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just wearing pink. Woo. And purple. Go on. But, um, yeah, they just have, like, these people in these very awkward poses. What's that one woman who's, yeah. like, who's mid-straight? Exactly. Like, that's what I mean. It's just like a sunglasses ad. They're yeah. like, it's like what I would see, I don't know, at Ace and Tate for the new... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's like trying to make, uh, you know, neoliberalism fashionable again. Did you... Speaking of which, oh, speaking God. of fashionable and again, did you see their online ads where they're making Make Europe Great Again hats like not ironically either not ironically no oh, god this fucking party is the worst they're terrible. i know that i know that like the afd is like actually racist and like maybe a, a potential the neo-nazi whole, party the fucking whole point of like the whole sticking issue for them in the last like like what stopped the jamaica coalition was them being like now nah, we want tighter border control we'd like more brown people to drown the mediterranean please hi we're the sensible center party through the fdp yeah yeah they also were throwing a fit that they wouldn't get the um uh ministry of economy i mean fuck the cdu is never going to give that off no right? but they were mad about like that about uh borders taxation and uh the ministry of the economy which are yeah this is such a shit party like but even the idea of them this like uh, yeah these like classical liberal to be party. fair the Jamaica coalition would have been much worse than mm. what we have I mean like I would rather like deal with the, rather than the GroKo yeah, yeah that like because then you have just like three insane right wing parties to be fair yeah I mean I feel like the the Greens kind of at least stood their ground a little bit on that whole like because the whole reason that didn't work was because the Greens didn't want the tighter border thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was the second point because the CDU probably would have got along with that, mm-hmm. and they're probably looking for an excuse to get the like, oh, our hands are tied. Kind of. Oh, thing. Christian Lindner, he's just too smart. He's too good of a negotiator. <laughs> we just have to do what he says. Just the back alleys. Christian Lindner, who I said before, like if just like a slight um, bit of fate from just being Stefan Molyneux, like that there he, for the grace of God yeah, exactly. Christian, Christian Lindner and Stefan Molyneux are the same person just in different circumstances and christian lindner because he somehow is politically relevant in this dumbass country and continent that like he has to pretend that he's yeah, like not, not the not same a person in parliament than him no and have you listened to his podcast the afd what I'm have you listened to his podcast he, uh, yes oh. i have <laughs> this is such news to me why is this a thing why do they oh fuck I really like the idea, though, of Christian Lindner, like, in the back alleys, the Bundestag, being like, I hear you step to me and flicks at a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Christian Lindner's bullying us. Uh. Oh, God damn it. Um, do we want to talk about the other fucking weird-ass obscure parties that have shown up? Um, that like, Well, the Pirate Party is out in fucking force. 
Um, the pirate party? They yeah, they were a little party. late. They weren't in the first round, but then there's just one street next to me that's just full of the pirates. I've not seen f- any of theirs yet. They were the first at where I live. They were the first posters that went up. Um, Priorities, I, I guess. I don't understand. I don't think there's anything about my area in particular that's just like Kieran lives in the open seas, <laughs> <laughs> international waters. I live in a very the large, triangle. I I live in a very very large internet cafe. Uh, <laughs> No, like, I, I don't know what it is about my area that makes me think, There's like... There's nothing oh, but drum and bass playing the <laughs> Everyone's walking around with dreadlocks and trench coats. There's raves <laughs> under bridges. Gotta wish that was my area. <laughs> but, um... The fucking NDP, or whatever the hell? The oh, God, yeah, the, fuck. I the, thought that... I, I thought that we were through of them. Uh, apparently not. Until, um, The NPD? You mean, like, the not neo-Nazis? Yeah, the... I haven't the, seen their posters they're red put summer plots again yeah they're only in that area and the, like i went my mom was in town this weekend and so we went and did the whole thing you know um like Brandenburg tour and then you go down to yeah. you know holocaust memorial and i was like oh hey like let's go see where hitler fucking killed himself because that's cool because we should all piss on his grave well he doesn't have a grave but whatever you piss in front of your mom no <laughs> <laughs> but um so the npd had posters all around there like yeah. where uh, in the little parking lot thing yeah. that Hitler yeah for those who in. don't know it's not marked at all no no um, yeah. yeah the spot I mean he killed himself in his bunker obviously but the spot above where his bunker was they did it on purpose so that there's no sh- like it's not a place where people fucking yeah, like, psychos I, but if you know leave anything you know but if you know you know <laughs> I guess it's kind of a, a case that they thought like uh, maybe fifty percent of people who come to this spot are here to dunk on Hitler. Which is good, but maybe another fifty percent of people who come to the spot are like, "Isn't this a tragedy?" <laughs> so let's try and get those fuckers to vote for us. Yeah, and I took a picture of it actually, and I forgot it's I forgot what it said. And now they they they've tried to turn themselves into like a paramilitary organization. Their their big focus, from what like little German I understand, is um, security, uh, like a strong and defended Europe. It is like every single party. You guys have talked before about how the off day, the Eurosceptic parties have kind of dropped that. But it is funny how they all just try to shoehorn their message into something about Europe or Europe related. <laughs> like they can't talk about their own stuff. They have to talk about Europe. And and they're all talking about the same thing. Like they're all just like, let's continue the like dominance of the the yeah. Europe to continue our, our project. But for different angles, for from sure. Different, yeah, from different angles. But they're all just like kind of like spinning the same well, shit. Like, for my, <laughs> for me, my joke has been like the SPD has uh, no fucking answer because they've just been like Europe is the answer. That's SPD their, like, has their the whole shittiest thing. like that is actually their, uh, their, their slogan. Yeah, SPD's Europa is the answer. Yeah. yeah. Hang on, what does NPD thing say? Okay, the NPD posters say um, we're making protection zones. That was that's what I saw. Yeah, yeah. protection zone. And it has this very fash um emblem that's like a, a shield yeah. with the German colors on it with a Z through it, which is I'm assuming supposed to like Zyklon B? No, no, it's supposed to probably look <laughs> like the SS logo or something because they obviously can't show it. Yeah. And then it says resist now and then says the N- and then says NPD. Uh, the and- posters I saw were using like the old German colors, like no yellow, which I always found really interesting. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, they have it's just black, white, white and, red. and red. Yeah. Yeah, and then on the little on the little emblem they have the yellow going through that part. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh well not fair enough, fuck them. But but SPDs seem like just like the shittiest European like travel blog because it's just like a photo in front of the Eiffel Tower. Like Europe is the answer. It's like people having a little picnic there. Like sad. remember when you always went there very... on your class trip and had a good time? <laughs> That's what Europe is. There's always this very Aryan woman like wearing I was a like, yeah, flag as a cape. <laughs> yeah. Um, or the goddess of Europa telling you to fucking go and fuck vote. this bull. <laughs> They, the have, they literally have telling that. you to submit your individuality to the greatness of Europe. Yeah, yeah literally, sacrifice they have, yourself for the honor and glory of our of, of, of they our. They have an artistic rendition continent. of they have an artistic rendition of the goddess Europa like pointing at you, kind of like this whole like Uncle oh, Sam yeah, thing. Yeah, fuck. And on, it's yeah. just like we like vote for Europe or whatever. Like, are you registered to vote? And it's yeah. just like, damn. Like, I love They're, these like harboring like white nationalist sympathies they're trying to like turn europa into like an uncle sam figure basically an imposter just pointing at you type of thing just yeah bad yeah. yeah i mean it's always a good sign when the when the best posters are from the open stalinist party so the when the posters that just say the most the clearly right things like yeah that's a, that's always Yo, a good sign I for really a healthy like, political it's such a weird thing because one the marxist leninist party has the best posters they always yeah. have they've had the best posters since the entire time i've lived in germany and they are like the most up like when you go to protests and stuff like that they're like very friendly mm. and they're very nice and they actually like uh i'll show these to you later but Yulia and i signed up for getting free magazines from them like two of them yeah. they're, like a sample thing and it's like cool because they do a lot of stuff with workers and factories and stuff like that all throughout Europe and they try to create, you know, international solidarity. But there's just a random page of just like how cool Stalin was. As everybody knows, it's impossible to support uh, workers and, and building worker powers in factories. <laughs> That's the, everyone knows you can't support workers without also supporting Stalin. Oh uh, yeah. In the magazine, they just go through this entire thing of uh, weirdly enough, taking Lenin quotes misquoting them to Stalin and saying how <laughs> Stalin fought against anti-Semitism. <laughs> Which then either was then probably Stalin quoting Lenin and saying that he, it was himself because Stalin was also no, notorious at just plagiarizing yeah. everyone. I, that makes more sense to think about, you know, the Soviet, you know, studying history, hard, complicated. But if you just imagine Stalin as Michael Scott from The Office, easier to understand Russian history. He just attributes everything to himself. That is exactly what he did. Exactly. I think all He's of just dialectic. Scott. I think all of dialectic. Is it with dialectics and materialism or dialectical historical material? material no. Di I think. A, keep a, all of this in. This is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, there's. I think it's dialectics and materialism is what Stalin's work is, and it's all. He's one that's historical. Something historical. Yeah. It could be dialectical historical materialism or something. I don't fucking know. Whatever that work is, hundred percent plagiarized. Like the entire thing was actually just taken from someone else, and Stalin just put his name on it. Pimp. Stalin invented Wikipedia. That that is I've heard that from this magazine. <laughs> Watch, right. we're gonna have so many fucking tankies just get mad at us and be like, "How dare you?" Um, any other parties? Yeah, the SPD. They're just a travel log. CDU just has like a big picture of like their representative and yeah, like Hildegard something. I yeah, forgot her name. Nothing else. Mm. Linka is fine. You know, they're just. They've had the same posters for I think the past. Like, yeah, two better jobs and trying Europe to and yeah better jobs, better wages. Who is the um the Greens have something about like 
the Greens have something like res- like didn't they kind of adopt? They did some like slogan? a resist poster with all yeah. the posters like "fuck Nazi" po- the the "fuck Nazi." Oh yeah, there's yeah, yeah, the yeah. most there's was the most radical one that I've actually seen, which is kind of weird because the Greens are not. I I feel like it's performatively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like most about the Greens, like they're they're trying to um, capitalize on this moment of them being the like um, surpassing SPD and stuff like that in the polls. Um, Which is not hard to do. Yeah, because they've become <laughs> they've become the party that's supposedly meant to be the like shield against AFD. Which, uh-huh. That's funny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the Greens going up. I am your shield. All right, Spanish elections though. The other election that's happening. Who right is their now. Stalinist party with uh, their good signs? <laughs> <laughs> all and or none of them. Um, no, nah, in Spain it's all about the republic, like the 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 failed republic, the purple flag. It's a cool flag. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out the Republican flag. Yeah. <laughs> I like that purple line. <laughs> shout out to the Republican flag. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> Support Spanish their Republican. Patreon. Yeah. Um, oh, Wait, okay. are you saying that like the Republicans, like the Republicans in the U.S.? No, it's just a nice flag. No, no, I'm just the- kidding. <laughs> yeah, my um, understanding of the Spanish Civil War was the uh, the Republicans um, f- fucking fought against Franco and. Paul Ryan was in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all of Paul Ryan's, um, Paul know, Ryan's works the of literature that he produced during the war. The biggest, the biggest thing though is when Paul Ryan betrayed um, Donald Trump in Catalonia. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dumb jokes. All right, actual Spain. So there's a snap election happening today. Today, we should clarify when you listen to this, um, the election will be over. So our predictions are meaningless. (laughs) Yeah. That being said, Kieran, take it away. Woo! Let's go for polls. All right. So our major contenders in Spanish politics are the socialists, not actually socialist. Um, The PP, which sounds funny, but that stands for People's Party, and that sounds communist, but they're not. Um, They're the center right. Rajoy party successor of Franco party the Teododanos which I think I'm pronouncing correctly the citizens they're meant to be Spain's FDP but because they started in Catalonia mainly as like anti-Catalonian independence and Catalonian independence was largely a left-wing thing they've been pushed further right and they've become terrible and very very almost further to the right like the PP is losing votes to them. It's weird. Well, what I was uh, starting to say earlier with the FDP, mm. the the Ciudadanos is just FDP with the mask off. I mean, when you yes. start a party that just revolves around classical liberal economics, much like the actual course of his actual course of the history of liberal economics, you just will become fascist because that's what you got to do to to keep up. Like yeah, and so it's just yeah accelerated a bit faster. And I always like for me like the Ireland doesn't really have like a center party. Um, so like the closest we think we get is the Lib Dems in the UK and they are not nearly as far right as um, FTP so like the idea of the centre party going as far right as the FTP does but you're right Pseudodanos is just them with a the mask off um, they're a bit more open about the fact they've gone far right then we've got Podemos which are cool and then we've got Vox which is the neo-Franquismo party who are not cool led by Ezra Klein <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the terrible things about this election are the fact that Vox is now, like, polling at 11% because the media gave them a shit ton of attention. 
because they were doing well in the Andalusia. Where have we seen this before? Yeah, when I hear about an election where the far right is getting a lot of attention and then the incumbent is, isn't is uh, campaigning on their own platform, but just them as better than the far right alternative, mm. pre- presenting themselves as a bulwark against the scary far right alternative, but not really offering their own vision. Never really heard that before. Nope, never. Ever. It's a you mystery. Think, Only, it's really exciting. You know, lead it up to Spain. I wonder what'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> and we can know then once we learn from this election. Yeah. Then we'll we never know make it, the mistake ever exactly. again. We'll learn for, for the future. So yeah. it's, you know, thank you, yeah. Spain. Spain, a country notorious for never going fascist, not once. Uh, <laughs> never repeating mistakes. No, God, no. All my losses were lessons. <laughs> Toto mis. <laughs> Nas X. Uh, I'm just imagining just the country of Spain just being like a very motivational Instagram poster now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Questions. Uh, first <laughs> question. <laughs> which <laughs> Spanish party is promising to protect the... Um, the minority uh, need of protection most in Spain, uh, Spanish students who study abroad in Erasmus. <laughs> <laughs> we need protection that they're that they are uh, that the other students will stop turning off their reggaeton music. The Spanish <laughs> students need the right to play their reggaeton for at least like three hours during the during yeah. the house party. Yeah. So the answer to that is uh, none of the major parties, but about twelve hundred local parties. Because like I said before off the mic, Spain has a lot of fuck-ton local control, which means predicting a fucking coalition is hard to do. Because, sure, the socialists are only polling at, like, 29%, and maybe they'll make a coalition with Podemos. They'll bring them up to, like, 42%. And then they'll get, like, a grab bag of absolute whack-job parties that believe in, like, independence for the Canary Islands or something like that. So, yeah, that's... 12 12 parties well can you run run through the potential blocks really quickly because i think that's a little confusing for people yeah okay so people are talking about blocks in this election which is basically just potential coalitions that could happen afterwards so socialists are coming in with 29 percent. that's the most of any one party but obviously 29 percent is not a co- like a majority make so they'd have to work with podemos and that's pretty much the only one on the left that they can work with there is like nothing else. Uh, there are some left-wing parties that like support Catalonian independence from Catalonia, but they're kind of like a third rail in Spanish politics. Well, they didn't. Wasn't that the the sticking point of the last that called the snap election because of the Catalonian parties? Yeah, yeah, pretty and much. Because they were in the gov- the last government, right? With the so PSA. yeah, PSC is the socialist party is in charge at the moment, and the reason they're in charge was because. The, the PP was in charge, but there was a huge corruption scandal. Yeah. There was a huge corruption scandal where it turns out pretty much everyone in the upper echelons of that party was a fucking criminal. And therefore, even though they have more seats currently, um, they're not in control due to like punitive measures. So like they lost a, com- lost a confidence vote. Um, yeah, but the reason the snap election has been called is because Vox... The PP and the C's, the citizens, Ciudadanos, um, were like, how dare you have a dialogue with the people who tried to declare independence in Catalonia? That's basically what the center-left position has been. We don't support Catalonian independence, but we should talk to the people who like unilaterally declared it mm-hmm. and try to reach some sort of solution. Um, and then all these right-wing parties, and this was the moment that it became clear to everyone on the international stage that the C's are right-wing, is because they were like marching in step with Vox to like on this issue, 
um, which is a dumb issue because like the C's actually have no fucking answer to this and the PP and Vox's answer is just to put everyone in jail which will accomplish nothing um, so yeah this is the dumbest snap election and it's possibly not like going back to the blocks thing the right wing block is the PP Vox and potentially the C's because it's become apparent in recent months that the C's are right wing. They're not the center party they claim to be. And together in the latest polls, what's their percentage? The three of those together. Uh, okay, so P, uh, the socialists and Podemos together is forty-two um, percent, and then the PP, the C's, and Vox are in around forty-six. So basically, none of them can accomplish a... It's a nail-biter, folks. Tune yeah. in tonight. None of them could... Which way right... will Spain go? <laughs> but again, like I said, there's a million and one parties that are all like going to get 1% of the vote because there's so much local control. Uh, Spain is a federation and everything but name. Like, there is literally a party that's for Canary independence, um, Coalición Canaria, and they're going to get 1% of the vote. And it depends... And then, like, there's the Basque parties, there's left-wing parties. Like, it's who can ever make a coalition. And the socialists will have first stab at it, though, because they'll get the most seats. So it depends on whether they're able to make, like, a majority that will work with them. But, yeah, it's fucked. I'm so glad Vox is in this now. Yeah, well, let's... Should we talk about Vox a little bit? Like, because I'm sure people... I don't want to talk about those dumb videos. <laughs> at I least from the that. mainstream news i think a lot of people when they first hear about foreign elections the first thing especially lately that they hear about is the crazy new right-wing party yeah and what they stand for and so maybe we can go through that quickly and say what they what that means for the rest of europe if anything right just give me a second here because yeah so they they're doing that typical thing that happens when a, like one of these right-wing parties appear which is to claim they're not right-wing a wild right-wing parties appeared <laughs> pretty much um and instead of the four options it's just all like appease them appease them appease them appease them <laughs> <laughs> pretty much um hang on to get proper information about vox the political party i have to go to the wikipedia page and then change it to spanish and then you use google translate to change it back into english there we go okay um yeah so they're doing that typical thing uh now because they're very much the beginning of their like career uh, or like yeah, they were only founded... I think they were only founded in 2014. Yeah. Um, founded in 2013, but didn't really get off the ground um, until 2014 when they got, like, some local seats uh, near Santiago. So, yeah. Now they're a thing that sucks. They're doing quite well in the community of Madrid, which is the capital region. Um, but yeah, they're doing that thing where they're claiming they're not far right, they're not right wing, they're not like fascist. They're doing. They're just stating facts, like Catalonians not white. <laughs> um, the big thing that happened was they did well in the Andalusian elections, which is why everyone's like paying attention to them. They kind of emerged by coming from the PP's like socially conservative side of things. They're very aggressively anti-feminist. Like, like that's one of their big sticking points. Like again, shithead bingo in European politics. They've used many of their leaders 
have used the phrase um, gender ideology to describe feminism, which is always good. But also something that like the center-right party in Spain, the PP, hasn't done and they've managed to capitalize on is Islamophobia. Uh, the center-right party in Spain never really did that. They had enough enemies within Spain, such as the Basque and Catalonian populations, um, to not really search for an external threat. But um, it's not to say that Islamophobia wasn't there in Spain, obviously was, and Vox has managed to capitalize on that. Um, yeah, they they do a lot of culture war stuff, like uh, the right for individual Spaniards to go hunting. They protect bullfighting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bullfighting. That's a big culture war thing in Spain. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, they're they reject abortion. How is this country an empire? <laughs> well, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh god. Um, why should I apologize about a country being imperialist? Like, they should apologize to everyone else. <laughs> they, yeah. I guess you need that, like, immense amount of dumb guy energy, though, to be a, like, super imperial country, right? A little bit. There's a lot of arrogance that goes with that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Okay. The night get, makes perfect sense. It makes sense now. Yeah. Why is this country no longer an empire? <laughs> um, well, I think they have an answer, which is all these abortions, and we haven't conquered Gibraltar yet. Um, two two uh, points. <laughs> They've also been described as nationalist and neoliberal, but I think the most, <laughs> the most like striking thing is probably the description of them as neo-Francismo, which is the one I keep going back to, because yeah, all these like cultural signifiers they go back to are like the culture of Andalusia, which Franco was super horny for, like siestas, bullfighting, flamenco guitar. That's not like a Spanish white thing. That's just Andalusia. And they're really into that as well. They also just like openly say Franco was cool. It was better under Franco. Shit like that. Which, like I said, the PP is the Franco successor party. But they don't really... Like, again, it's like the Spanish equivalent of mask on, mask off. Kind of thing. They're not really allowed to say Franco was super cool. They just have to hint at it for their older voter base. But these guys are being like, Franco was cool. So you said that they're what? They're, they're a nationalist party and neoliberal? Yeah. So for Franco, that would make sense then, because a lot of economic reforms in Spain that like libertarians just jerk off on all the time mm. came during his dictatorship. So that actually isn't as weird to. No, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, given they weren't neoliberal reforms, but it's like you could look at like you know I don't know Chile was the example of that. Yeah. So you can be a nationalist piece of shit and be a neoliberal. Yeah, because I know that like a lot of people think that like they that, that they can't cross. Mm. And that's um, literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, that's really fucking <laughs> stupid. Weird things about um, weird things about the party is they want the Catholic Church to have more power in society. Who doesn't? Finally, someone <laughs> willing to stand up for the Catholic Church. I want to say about on Orthodox Easter, time. this Easter is bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with 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 Kieran. Anyone seen celebrating Orthodox Easter should be shot immediately. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then probably the weirdest and probably most fun thing about uh, Vox is they are they've received a lot of million euro like a one million euro donation from an organization called the National Council of Iranian Resistance. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. The uh, an organization of Iranian exiles that are opposed to the current government of the Islamic Republic of Iran have decided this is their this is their champion. Vox. The Neo Frankismo party of Spain. Okay. Um Do they all live in Spain? No. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Why did I even ask such a stupid question? I mean, I, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an international, it's an international thing. Yeah, their headquarters are in France. Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what group of people then were kicked out of Iran, except for the people who were part of the ruling class? Yeah, right. Yeah, true. But there's similar, there's similar, there's a similar group in the U.S. I don't yeah, know. there is, isn't there? Yeah, the- and they always petition to get like the Shah's son to speak on campus and shit like that. Fucking stupid. <laughs> He's just literally like Charlie Kirk. And they're like, get him to speak. Turning point to Ron. <laughs> um, according to um, El Pais, the voter turnout is up 9.5 points since 2016. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Like, this and it's is up 17.8% uh, in Catalonia. Yeah, so there's been shit going down in Catalonia. That means this election is kind of important. The rise of vox is probably mobilizing both people who support vox and the people who are like never vox kind of people which is fine i'm a never vox kind of guy <laughs> i never will watch those fucking videos <laughs> i prefer mother jones <laughs> i'm just imagining if ezra klein had this much fucking power in the u.s oh god damn it yeah um ezra klein absolutely would take money from a random iranian ex uh expat oh, of course organization. He would. yeah does he not <laughs> probably has actually there's a 20 percent chance that this group just confused vox spain with vox (laughs) in the u.s (laughs) because all of the dumb um blogs and political magazines online political magazines in the u.s just have like shady ass dark money funding them well and i mean vox is like vox is just just bill gates just dumping money into their throwing money shoving it down their open gullet and then but i mean vox always has videos about regime change i think everyone keeps, seems to forget that yeah that their take on foreign policy is like extremely conservative but they just try to break it down in a cool fancy video for you yeah and then it's it, like oh cool i watched ezra klein or that other guy tell me something well when they explain it to you then it's self-evident true it's, that, they're not reporting they're yeah, explaining yeah. why the regime change needs to happen yeah so that's that's the spanish elections um i yeah i can imagine turnout's going to be up but also it depends what they're comparing the last turnout figures for because the last election in spain was like the fourth one in a year i'm sure it's whatever makes the they're comparing it to the lowest numbers popular to pop off the page you know but like after having four elections in a row oh actually it said 2016 so never mind yeah 2016 was a year of elections in spain they just had the same election over and over again because the the it always turned out that the pp got the most seats but they can never form a coalition you know you guys sorry this is just really making me sound like that the only solution is is just a complete and absolute dictatorship in yeah. what i want of ezra klein no 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 not of ezra klein <laughs> like i would like, voting four times in a year yeah that sounds fucking horrible yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's hor like yeah maybe people just want franco back because they don't have to ever vote again right like i mean also that was the year brexit happened which was like 
it was so funny being like, oh, Brexit's happened. Ah, oh, what's happening? What does Spain think? Who the fuck knows? Uh, All the expats and the Gibraltar situation, that's going to be a big deal for Spain. It's, I guess. Sure. We're the, I don't know. I, d- I did not watch this, so I will, I will act as the audience. You didn't watch any of it. I, I, okay, I've seen uh, the Where Are the Marxists highlight, and I've also seen the like bit where Peterson talks about violent revolution and the crowd cheers. <laughs> you know, the bloopers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's it. I think you saw the whole entire video then. <laughs> I think you, uh, you, you saved yourself three hours. Right. Comedy just was three two hours. titans going at it. I gotta say, like, we we lie we we watched it live, and I fell asleep. I I went to bed. I couldn't handle it. Mm. Um, raw energy. Yeah, it was because the first hour and a half is just them going back and forth, giving their like you know like I don't know like the very like academic sense of a debate. That first you give your introduction, you yeah. know, thing, and then and then you like talk one on one with each other. And I couldn't follow what either one of them were saying. One, because Jordan Peterson, it was very clear that he only read the first, like, three sentences of the Communist Manifesto. And that is the only amount of Marx that he ever read. And then just kept quoting this over and over and over yeah. and over and over again. God grant me the confidence of a man who's been asking for this debate for years. And then just reads the first three pages and then goes up and is like, hey, I got it. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to nail this. But let, let's... Okay, so that's probably, for me, from what I've heard just from the conversations and those two clips, is that this whole debate served as a very good moment to really prove, for anyone who's looking for proof, who hasn't seen it already, that Peterson is a fucking con artist. Yeah. Because, like, his whole shtick has been, like, complaining about the neo-Marxists. And he's never read, like, a word of fucking Marx up until, like, five the minutes. The fact that he uses the word neo-Marxist shows that he's never read Marx. Yeah, exactly. But, like, for other, like, you have to remember there are people out there who engage with Peterson's work who haven't also read Marx, but they trust that he has, or that he has an understanding. You mean everyone who engages with Peterson, like, yeah. uh, what is it, Dave Rubin, Ben Shapiro, yes. Joe Rogan. Yeah. Every fucking dipshit on the right who... um. It's just dumb. Yeah. Like it's like the th- I I think it's always so funny because they always try to go on the fact of like oh yeah like we've read this for you because it's really difficult. Marx is really easy. Like Marx was actually writing for the workers of his time, well, especially the Communist Manifesto. It's, it's the easiest fucking thing in the world to it's read. A pamphlet. It's twenty yeah. pages. Like isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like the extended version is like fifty or something like that. Yeah. Like it's fucking stupid, and you know. Peterson going through and be like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's quite complicated. I don't really know what Marx is saying here. It's like, I mean, given I haven't read, you know, volumes and volumes and volumes like fucking Chijek has, mm. like, I I want to I do other things. Yeah. But every time that I've come in contact with Marx is incredibly easy, whether it be in English or in German. And I, mm. I, I find it just like, you just don't want to read this. You want to just like, like you take them the things of the 20th century, which arguably don't fall in the tradition of given our Marxists. Like, yeah, don't get yeah, me yeah. wrong. Like, I'm not going to say that then that, you know, the Soviet union or the, you know, whatever projects of socialism that then happened, under the name of Marxism, weren't Marxists because they are under that banner. There is a lot of thought, especially in like Leninism, that does transfer into that. But just simply on the work of Marx, like 
You don't know what you're fucking talking about. No. But, I mean, you have to recognize, I think, that Peterson never once before that debate said that he hadn't read it. Like, that he hadn't read this stuff. Like, we actually got to this moment where he admitted that he hadn't read Marx. The only thing he did read was, even we take him at face value, he read the Communist Manifesto. Because yeah. that doesn't really contain theory. That was a manifesto about, like, what the communists intended to do. That's not yeah. like reading Das Kapital or... Which mentions nothing about socialist revolution. Yeah. Which most of Marx's stuff doesn't mention any of that. It mentions just like the realities of political economy yeah. in the time of Marx or just the history of what was going on. Mm. And the thing that I always thought was so annoying of Peterson is that he was talking about like, well, you see this, sim- like life can't be broken down into the simplicities of the classes of the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. And then Chijik, I think if I'm not mistaken, came back and was like, well, if you see in, like, in, in the 18th Brumaire, Marx acknowledges that. He wonders why are these, you know, um, uh, the the peasantry of, of of France aligning themselves with someone who's claiming to be the new emperor of France? Like, obviously, class interests weren't um, being, you know, acknowledged. It was in the safety net of then recreating something that then, like, you know, would bring them back to glory. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I think that um, Matt on Chapo always brings up the good thing of comparing the 18th Brumaire with Trump is one of the best ways of describing that mentality mm. because it proves that then that, 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 that there is something beyond that of class and how class can be manipulated to serving than that of the ruling class. And Marx acknowledges that in fucking 1851, Yeah, you know, and also the 18th Brumaire, you can read that snippet, you know, in 20 fucking minutes, you know, yeah. the, the whole end of the 18th Brumaire is just a summary of everything that Marx just wrote in like three pages you know, but yeah, what do you, what, what you going to do? Chijek really didn't have to do much to dunk on him really. No, but I was genuinely surprised that Peterson was actually going to give away that much of his game, like that he wouldn't read anything or that he would claim that he hadn't read. That just seems like I genuinely thought he was, he knew what he was doing in terms of the grift, but now I'm thinking he doesn't. Oh, I I thought that he was so arrogant that he was convinced he just didn't have to. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, maybe like a Peterson earlier in his grifting career would have read the material. Maybe now he's gone to, it's genuinely drank his own Kool-Aid. Because he, he makes too much money doing this than yeah. just being compared to being an academic. That is, I mean... But like, I feel like there's always, there is a career of being this kind of right-wing grifter where they like start and they're like maybe making an effort. Of like being the grifter and trying to prove themselves, but now he's like so firm in his position, so stable in his position that he thought he could just walk it in and it'd be fine. Yeah, I, I the thing I find that's really interesting about Peterson more so than like all the other people on the right, um, at least in the United States, mm. this isn't a thing for you know Canada or Europe or whatnot. And maybe this hasn't come because Peterson is Canadian, mm-hmm. but. He's very much aligned himself with the pro-Trump YouTube, you know, Twitter intelligentsia, whatever the fuck you want to call yeah, them. Yeah, the intellectual dark web. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, like the, the, the Ben Shapiros and the, I don't know who else. I Dave Rubin. Dave Rubin. And like, um, they've all kind of more or less come out that they're like in favor of Trump. They just may have, like, they still have like some, you know, 
qualms qualms with yeah. him but nonetheless they're still like like ben shapiro is 99.9 percent pro-trump yes and the thing i find so interesting with peterson is that he's never actually come out with an opinion about that mm. you know yeah which is, which is like kind of at least for probably some you know dumb younger americans they can then look at someone like a jordan peterson and be like oh yeah you see like he isn't um you know right wing he isn't you know, he, obviously he's not left wing. Yeah. You know, he always doesn't, you know, does the... the, the he's a the, free thinker. He's yeah, genuine, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the typical bullshit thing of like, I'm a classical liberal. And that whole nonsensical bullshit with all the fake psychoanalysis uh, uh, stuff behind it as well. But I always found that kind of surprising about how, how well he was able to navigate this field with one that was more or less after 2016 was like, you have to be pro-Trump or not. Yeah. And he's been one of the very few ones who's been... Yeah, staying in the middle there and straddling that line. Yeah, being bit. being an insane right wing idiot while not being, you know. Uh, yeah, that is interesting actually, and uh, you're you're 100 percent correct. And I think that's how he gets like a lot of young guys into it who then may be not. I mean, aside from the fact of his self help image, but that they can also look at that and see that then someone who isn't like you know preaching about how great Trump is, like Ben Shapiro tried to do, yeah. and then had to pretty much give that entire thing up. The other thing that's interesting about like Peterson, not that Ben Shapiro was giving a self-help thing, but no, it's no, whole no. politics thing or whatever. The the interesting thing about Peterson though, as well as with like his fans, which at the same time, maybe this is kind of related, but I also feel like their fans are like they're not beyond saving to a certain extent. They're not beyond getting out of that hole. Yeah. Whereas I feel like those other people you've mentioned, they're far more entrenched. They're harder to pull out of that. Like you're listening to some absolute fucking garbage. Yeah. Um. Hence why I think that Chijek was a good person actually to come on and do this because Chijek for the left is not the best person to listen to no. because he is so problematic. <laughs> and I think that then what a lot of people who listen to these right wing thinkers like is that how, you know, quote unquote politically incorrect they are or just yeah. how openly racist they are. Let's just say it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Chijek, as unfortunate of his of his, um, you know, as unfortunate some of the shit that comes out of his mouth is... Um, and how he can be sometimes transphobic or whatever, which people rightfully do call him out on yes. and people do, you know, challenge it. And I think he's actually changed his position on some of these things. At least I think, like, I mean, I will give Chijek credit, like, mm. to a degree. Yeah, well, it, it was kind of what we were talking about before. Like, if he, like, goes through his argument, it's an extremely sound argument. That, yeah, like, yeah, but then he the just has to make these that, bad that, like, jokes. A trans identity is not a, like, individual, like, siloed off identity under liberal capitalism it should be a universal like it should it's it's a reflection of a universal struggle yeah. against the like sort of regime of sexuality that's his that's his um argumentation and then you know when he just like wants to make a joke he just like wows out and says something yeah. problematic he like these people said i could say the n-word i know yeah. that's changing the topic yeah. but no 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 but yeah but it's exactly that is that like chijek has these fucking heated gamer moments <laughs> yeah. that then um, I think a lot of people then who are like influenced by this intellectual dark web can look at Chijek and be like, oh, you know, because be fair, Chijek's understanding of the world as a Marxist or what is he? He doesn't call himself a Marxist. He calls himself a Hegelian, as you said during the, uh, the, mm. the debate. But still, like, like his ability to break down things about how this all is pretty much a crisis of capitalism is good. And then, unfortunately, mixed with, you know, bad jokes and, and yeah. <laughs> little hints of racism. Well, one thing... <laughs> I was thinking about what exactly... Okay, so two things. The first is that 
a lot of people when you oppress them on why they usually the, the same kind of people who watch joe rogan maybe they'll also read jordan peterson's book or know someone who did and they say yeah you know it, was re- it really helped me and made uh, whatever made me clean my room but i think what they just what usually one thing they fall back on is like okay forget about his politics often they say he doesn't talk about politics it's beyond that but then if you get further they'll say he does fucking prager you videos like his <laughs> politics are quite out there one thing they'll fall back on is that he's just a smart guy and he says smart things like and i think that's like you know the kind of tangents he goes on like analyzing frozen and stuff you know because that's what people are all about like oh i didn't think of it that way or something like that and that's it's like Zizek is the king of that like, yeah, yeah. just he cannot stop going on tangents and so i do think I mean, in general, I feel like Zizek's tactic in the whole debate was just like an intervention, like speaking directly to the little lobster boys watching instead of and not even talking to Peterson. Mm. And if they just see him go like, oh, that's interesting. Like his, uh, he seems funny and he's and he seems smart. Then that's enough for some people. Yeah. I mean, given I don't want these people to stop at Slavoj Zizek, like there is a wealth of leftist thought that should challenge Chijek and I still accept Chijek as part of the left I'm not I mean like for all the dumb stuff that Chijek does and says and whatever I I I do genuinely think that one um he wants the left to succeed yeah he he says stupid shit mm-hmm. um from what I've heard he's, he's like a genuinely nice person and stuff like that I mean for like people who've worked at his um like for him as a uh uh, like a assistant or student student yeah, assistant yeah. or whatever and stuff like that like he actually like like has respect for normal people and stuff like that which for a lot of people in academia is definitely not the case and he's just kind of like your weird old grandpa who then also somehow like happens to be a marxist which is like not the worst thing in the world yeah going back not to- everyone's gonna be like as fucking woke as some like you know 20 something year old kid who goes to university today um, going back to Peterson, when I think back to like when he blew up, um, like the book was kind of the the peak of it. But, you know, he was before that he was like getting more and more popular. Um, and I don't think I think his like core fan base were the videos and his way of analysis and whatever the world and structures. And wow, there's this different way you can look at the world. It's not just as it seems. It's deeper than that. Um, and maybe pop psychology is already a fertile ground you, for this kind of right, right but like yeah. the already existing pop psychology in the in the atmosphere makes this kind of Jungian analysis yeah. it's fertile ground for the Jungian analysis I mean for just some people watching YouTube and who want to think they're smart um, me but if you think <laughs> like what really like blew him up especially among the right were a series of interviews he did with like woman journalists and like owned them you know the channel four one yeah and that kind of goes back to that's the real it's not like there's a coherent argument for capitalism because he he but there's an argument for there's a within his argument there's a kernel of hierarchy and domination and why that's good and justified and then when he goes out and like owns people in debate then that's sort of what like really like trigger like really fires up some of the like real like <laughs> in some parts of, of like the brain of some of his viewers who get really excited and it's not like they agree with his whole structure it's not even that they can be won over to like a leftist viewpoint so easily he's just here's a smart guy owning women in the way i want to and the only people i see really doing it are the crazy fascists on youtube but here's a smart professor doing it so let's pull him into the camp yeah. like and that's i think it might be just at that level for some people um 
I think also, like, to be fair with whenever any of these right-wing people go on to a typically liberal, you know, and, you know, they're typically just interviewed by liberals, whether it be a news station or a YouTube channel or whatever it is, they always ask the worst questions. They, I don't know what it is about just, like, identity liberalism that has made people just unable to challenge people in a way that then would actually, like, you know, not give them the opportunity to just dunk on them. Because that Channel 4 interview with um, with Jordan Peterson, mm. just the questions were just, like, unbelievably just open for me, like, oh, yeah, so what, do you think that you're a racist? Do you think that you're a sexist? You know, just, like, shit fucking questions of, like, well, no, of course I don't. You so know, how are yeah. you everyone's dream that, that they yeah. could own someone in the just the perfect way that they would lob it up for them in the right over yeah. right over the plate. There was a there was a thing I saw with what's his name with the one eye patch. The the not the of course he has one <laughs> eye patch. Uh Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw, the fucking pussy former Navy SEAL guy. The who, tweeting congressman. Yeah, yeah. And he was at ASU the other day, and like the only way that then like people he, a TPUSA was hosting him or something like that. Yeah. And the only way that then, like, okay, given, like, you can, like, the only way that, that people know how to address him is just in this dumb call-out culture. There's, like, Dan Crenshaw, sir, you're a Nazi. And he's, like, no, I'm not. And I think that then you could have addressed, like, addressed the question about then, like, okay, how do you feel about then, you know, um, supporting an organization that then has been infiltrated multiple times by white nationalist organizations that has been quite open about it, yeah. you know, that has had... um also, you know, how do you feel about Kristallnacht? Yeah, how do you feel? <laughs> but I mean, like, you could go, like, even the question about then, like, like about white nationalism in the United States with TPUSA. Yeah. Like, the the real question I always think to ask is, like, well, what is your, like, they've they've been infiltrated so many times by white nationalist groups, and they're very much aware of it, mm. and there's been discords that have been, that have been, um... Leaked on, on yeah, leaked and stuff Riot like that. that. Yeah, and how how um, like known members of like Identity Europa and stuff like that will get their way into TPUSA yeah. and try to then change the Discord discourse. <laughs> Discord. The discourse. Trying to take over the Discord. Yeah, no. Try to change the discourse <laughs> within the USA to be openly white nationalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that is a you know that is a legitimate question to ask. That of course TPUSA can't answer as easily. Like, well, we're not a Nazi group. You know, and just saying like, oh, you're Nazis. You know, there is like, there are ways of asking these things in this way than just like addressing him instead of just being like, you're a Nazi because you did this. And that does, to be very fair, like that does just turn a lot of people off. I know that then we like to imagine ourselves a lot of the time being like these like crusaders against, you know, the right and whatnot. But when you're going and yelling on a fucking campus, like a lot of people do, at least in the United States here, it's much different, but not also in a great way either here it, everyone's already nazis so yeah yeah <laughs> but you know the thing is that then pete like peterson's um you know yeah like you said like the ability of then like this academic to come on and to address them these very poorly asked questions are just like you know to like you know to to kind of show that then the right can be you know intellectual even though he's not as we clearly saw mm. in the debate like that is something that the left really fucking needs to work on because you're not gonna like you, you know you're not gonna dismantle TPUSA or dismantle Jordan Peterson by calling him a racist or a sexist yeah. or a Nazi. We need to fucking realize that like sooner rather than later yeah. because that's a really shitty form of direct action. If you even think that that's direct action, that's just childish. So like particularly with the channel four debate though, that's very interesting, which is there is this like form of liberal 
interview that happens in the news that won't work for an internet celebrity figure like Jordan Peterson or any internet celebrity figure, which is talk to them, get them to speak as much as possible. And then the way that's classically worked in the UK and still works for people who aren't famous online and their only like public interaction is with the press is like that interview will just, that interviewer will just get them to say as much as possible. And then it is a job for, yeah, or at least the journal or even just the journalists the other journalists in your institution to like comb through that take out all the problematic shit spin that into like terrifying headlines this has been done for like politicians for years in the uk and the thing about that that doesn't work anymore or at least just definitely doesn't work for an internet celebrity figure is no one's going to engage with that media when the interview gets uploaded to youtube all people are going to watch is the interview and if you're not pushing back in that interview in a like in any decent way, then they're not going to engage with the tangential media that happens afterwards. They're not going to engage with the... Also, it just, in general, in the UK context, it doesn't work with anyone on the right because the UK media is very much right-wing controlled and they're just going to be like, ah, this leftist said something about sending everyone from Manchester into a labour camp and then... Hey, did everyone see Sargon of Akkad last night? He sure looked dapper. <laughs> I mean, like, that'd be the same fucking um, newspaper. Um, well, this is a comment that he didn't care about the Holocaust or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it mightn't be, but I believe it. <laughs> no, literally. He said, it was like, literally that. It was literally that. Okay, cool, cool. I have not engaged with his UKIP candidacy campaign as much it as was, I should. Yeah, I mean, you know... He's been banned from Twitter, and now reach, UKIP is having Reach for the stars, because if you miss the European the Parliament, <laughs> the European Parliament is not the stars. No. Um, going back to what you said, Nick, like I think that one question you have to ask yourself is like when you rightfully point out, I don't want to even say that it's right or wrong, but someone like Dan Crenshaw, who clearly could like he's a white nationalist, become, yeah, exactly, he's, who could he, clearly become a fascist. When you point that out, what do you expect? Like, I think what people think is everyone will finally see, yeah, you're right, and stop listening. Yeah. But, but what will no. happen, I mean, as conditions develop, what will happen is they'll just be like, yeah, so what? You know? Oh, yeah. Dan Crenshaw will be one of the first people in Congress if a mask-off moment comes. Yeah. Because for most, like, even with as insane as the Trump presidency is, it still is very much, I think, on a mask-on moment of that, you know this bullshit American ideal that everyone can be a part of this, even though we have, you know, horrible draconian immigration policy, you know, uh, continuing the war in Yemen, so on, so on, so on, so forth. But it's not really anything out of the norm of U.S. politics in general that we've been seeing. It's just, like, a little bit more to the right, you know? But there hasn't been, like, an actual, like, white nationalist push, I think, within... Given you have, what, Steve King, who is a white nationalist? Okay, I take that back. You have one person... Who is a full-blown white nationalist, and who I think has like pretty much admitted it too. Yeah. But aside from that, like I mean, look, fuck, Joe Biden's running for president. Come on, if anyone is like not more qualified historically to be a white nationalist, it's fucking Joe Biden. Yeah, the I think the only thing that possibly calling out someone like that as a fascist, like just saying that, just shouting that at them on Twitter, the only thing that does is it can help some people feel less alone and less like they're the crazy one because if you're the only person in your community which is very possible in the united states to be like this crenshaw guy is a bit of a fascist and no one is agreeing crenshaw with only won because his district got so gerrymandered that it's yeah. around like a it's it's 
Um, he's it's in, the in shape Texas. of his eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's just like a crescent moon around, around a, a, a dist around right. a former district in Texas. The, like he's only there because of, of a of a brand new gerrymandered yeah. district. But the thing is, like, if you're the only person in your community, wherever that is, saying that Crenshaw is a fascist and everyone around you is going like, "Nah, you're crazy," uh, and then you see this online. I guess it's nice to feel less alone, but that's not really the intended effect of anyone who's like commenting this. That's like an auxiliary effect. And it's one that's very easily controlled by the algorithm because the top reply to like any tweet, any viral tweet is very much decided on your profile and who you follow and who you don't. So yeah, I mean, that's the only silver lining. I yeah, can think I of. agree. And I think that you can get into, well, then how did that actually get to, how do you actually communicate with the people who yeah. want to hear that? And we do also need to distinguish between going to TPUSA and yelling at Dan Crenshaw versus, um, which is just, just, it's just stupid. the woman, like when Chelsea Clinton tried to come to this one. That's group. different. Exactly. That's yeah. different. I do want to clarify the whole reason I'm bringing up this line of thought is because, um, there was by the time you listen i'm sure you'll know that there was this, another shooting yesterday in the u.s um by another just 4chan psycho yeah it was, who just wants to kill all the jews Chan. um sorry Chan. <laughs> the distinction is meaningless <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but he also did this uh he also shouted out pewdiepie in the same way and what? i'm no like right-wing scholar so i don't know i don't i'm sure if you just looked at the chat rooms you could figure out why they're so obsessed with this meme but i think part of it is that they want to so i think the what the way people usually argue it is that like this is it's like the like okay hand sign it's like and it's nothing wrong with it it's just it's something that they PewDiePie is just a youtube channel it's just a youtube yeah. channel but i think it's more than that because he is this it's little proto nazi teenager contrapoints has the best video on this about explaining like how do you then define it like how how can you then define if someone's a fascist or not because of the way that they use all these like very you know purposely these 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 symbols um, that are meant symbol, to infiltrate but, exactly yeah, yeah. But, but but i think that what these little psycho and this is the teenager the kid was 19 or whatever um, I think they want to quote unquote red pill PewDiePie. They see, yeah, I see you become a Nazi like me. And so when you're yelling at Dan Crenshaw to be a Nazi, isn't that kind of the same tactic? Like if you're doing the same tactic as the murderous, like, uh, right wing, is that, who is that going to benefit? You know what I mean? I mean, Dan Crenshaw probably already is a Nazi. So well, that's what I mean. So it's PewDiePie. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I mean, he's just yeah. like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if they think I mean, that they can fair, convince like, PewDiePie red, I mean, they're obsessed with red pilling, right? So yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what it goes down to. And I think if, they, that, if they think they can red pill PewDiePie, then you can red pill Dan Crenshaw if you yell at him and call him a Nazi enough. That's kind of what they're getting at with this whole, everyone points out how dumb the logic is. You made me right wing by criticizing me. What that really means is right I, I was already with, right yeah. wing. Um, and if you want to, if you if you're an accelerationist, go around and you call everyone a Nazi because yeah, you'll make them more right wing. But I don't think that that's. That, go think, ahead and do it. It's not like it's bad. It's good. It's just. I think for the people, it's a right wing. It's what the right wing clearly. It's what their tactic mm -hmm. is now. I think for the people, like I have a like I don't know. I think what you're yeah the thing with yelling at Dan Crenshaw is not going to make him any more or less of a Nazi than he already is or a white supremacist, whatever fucking word that you want to insert fascist, you know what? And the reality of American history is that 
the U.S. has always been pretty historically fascist to begin with. They're pretty cool with fascism. It's just always been called different things. So using the rhetoric of that, then the oh, like you're a fascist. Americans can always give you that bullshit thing about like, no, like we fought against them. But in reality, the policies of the U.S. have been just as oppressive, maybe not as like, okay, Nazi Germany, but, you know, in Franco with Spain and shit like that. I mean, there are pretty like there's some eras when the 60s of the United States into the 80s of just the policing of, you know, communities of color that are just as destructive as a full blown fascist dictatorship, Mm. you know, where I mean, experimentation on minorities and shit like that. Like it's a disgusting, you know, you know, neo-colonial history that's been propped up by white supremacy. You can't really deny it at this point either. Um, so yeah, like like there's that that's already instilled, like kind of in the American psyche. And if calling them a Nazi more or less is going to push them over that, yeah, no, you're right. That's not that's not going to do it. However, I do think that then for yeah, like 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 the dumb guy, you know, young, particularly college people who like look at the, you know, the campus crisis, you know, the thing that TPUSA banks on. I do think that there is some level that um, possibly because in a given I don't I don't we don't live in the U.S. I don't I don't spend all too much time there. Um, I think that the left has a really bad dialogue with these people. So when they see the campus crisis thing happening, especially if they're young, you know, heterosexual white males, you know, and they feel then, quote unquote, victimized and they can find, you know, solace in a group like TPUSA. I do think that's a, that's actually a problem. And I do think that then the um, this dumb, weird left call out culture thing and that is very American is uh, could potentially make these people white supremacist. I'm not saying that the left is making him that, but I'm saying that the left is very not open to all types of people like they pretend to be. Yeah. You know, and there's been, I don't know, like there's, it, it, it is, I think more so a problem within liberalism itself rather than actually like, you know, socialism because Marxism has answers to these questions that, you know, liberalism doesn't, you know, how do you explain then the sense of disenfranchisement of just workers in general, regardless of race? Oh, you know, class comes into that. You know, why is it that then there's, you know, poverty is then done on, you know, like the the dumbest fucking white nationalist arguments are always like, you know, well, they're, you know, there are poor white people who are always, you know, just shat on by the government. Yeah, you're right. Like there definitely is, especially in like rural areas in Kentucky or whatever that have no access to health care. Yeah. That can be explained on a class level. Well, that's the, it's the liberal identity politics is identity politics without the analysis of class. Yeah, and you need that. And I really like, like, I really wish that there was, I mean, given it's good that there's now campus DSA movements and stuff like that. But for a while there wasn't, you know, DSA was a a thing that pretty much came out of, I mean, given they've existed for 30 years or whatever, 40 Mm. years with a horrible history, mind you, up until recently with now Sanders re you know energizing this idea then of you know what is done and even then dsa is a a complex organization that they don't agree about things but they still at least open a dialogue on like you know class-based things so i don't know but there there is like at least in my opinion of kind of seeing this and and having friends of mine who were so turned off by this type of campus thing or whatever, then actually becoming right wing, not maybe directly because of that, but also because too, like the YouTube algorithms and yeah. the Twitter algorithms, it pushes you to become 
a white supremacist, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I do think so more than actually pushing you towards a left-wing argument. Oh, for sure. Because there is fantastic left-wing content on YouTube, you know, good left-wing Twitter and stuff like that. Left-wing Twitter is the best Twitter. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, you know, good left-wing, you know, podcast literature, all that kind of stuff. That's like very, this one. Like this one. That's very accessible. We're the best left-wing literature. I think so. <laughs> You know, that's that, that's very accessible. That doesn't then just, like, sit there and, like, berate you, like, in the sense of, like, you know, the, like the Bernie Sanders thing. Like, look at this old white man wanting to become president. This, like, you know, completely missing the, you know, the general thing of what he stands for, yeah. you know. And how this is so deeply ingrained with, like, the liberal identity movement in the U.S., you know, that feminism is buying a fucking T-shirt that says girl power on it or something like that. Like, it's the fucking early 90s again or something. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this week's Cornish Beatty. If you like the podcast, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, because we need that fucking shit. Thanks to Melty Brains for the use of our theme song, New Dawn. It's a banger. It's on Spotify and other places you find music. We're on all the places you find podcasts. And we'd like to thank our other sponsors this week, Huawei. <laughs> and Chinese socialism with... Xi Jinping characteristics. And the Greek Orthodox Church. And the Greek Orthodox Church. Happy Easter. Happy, correct Easter. Happy, yeah, happy Orthodox Easter.